Online Poker is back. AmericasCardroom.com, your premier site for real money cash, is raising the stakes on February 22nd with the Winning Millions Poker Tournament. This $1 million guaranteed is the biggest online poker tournament to hit the U.S. in nearly four years. Right now, you can buy in directly for just $540 or win a free seat through our daily free roll. AmericasCardroom.com will help you get started with a huge 100% first deposit bonus up to $1,000 when you enter bonus code CASH. This is the tournament you've been waiting for. Download and deposit today. AmericasCardroom.com Okay, welcome to episode 30 of the Ask Alex podcast on OneOuter.com, sponsored by AmericasCardroom.com. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash OneOuter. That's free to join. And don't forget to check out this episode and all previous other episodes of Ask Alex and also in-depth interviews with Phil Helmuth, Phil Lack, Barry Greenstein, etc., just search One Outer Podcast on iTunes or download from the site. And today with me, it's Alex Fitzgerald. How are you, Alex? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? I feel like we're on a very polite, like, uh, British talk show right now. You don't sound as uppity as you normally sound. But, yeah, man, <laughs> everything's good, dude. How are you doing? Yeah, my, I'm probably just tired, um, sleeping, still trying to shake off January. I've been getting better at sleeping and getting up a bit earlier to get on with stuff but um still kind of uh slept in today so yeah i know the feeling i'm kind of bleh this i don't know this more i've worked like 40 hours in the last four days which is not like terrifically different for me but i don't know it, it's it, it it's been like uh yeah, I mean, I guess with that and the battle coming up and I got to practice, like, I don't even have free hours because in my free hours, I'm like, okay, let's do this, you know, like, let me try to memorize these lines again. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty uh, winded as well, but I'll be slap happy. You'll be, hey, man, you in the ghetto. That's some, grand, <laughs> that's some Grand Theft Auto 3 crap. What was that? <laughs> I, I think it was uh, either an ambulance or police. I didn't, I've got headphones on, so I didn't hear it great, but I, I heard it. I don't know, ambulance, some sort of emergency service. Oh, so, right. That's cool. Um, at least, yeah. All right. All right. I'm not going to make that joke. Okay. <laughs> someone trying, either that or it's just, it's quarter past four British time, so they're maybe just wanting to make sure they get through everyone's starting to finish work and stuff so they just stick the light on here i've heard in uh, russia like rich people uh like rent out ambulances and they just put like a bed and a tv in there and they're like yeah turn on the siren and you know we'll get through we'll get through here pretty fast but yeah who knows yeah. if that's true yeah i'd love to do that so just like put the side put the siren on your dashboard you know and like yeah, when you're yeah. driving on the motorway and just past people it's fun until the actual police see you <laughs> yeah i was like, about to say that one yeah. <laughs> sounds, that one sounds a little more noble than the ambulance thing i'm pretty sure my i'm pretty sure you just go straight to hell if you do the yeah. ambulance <laughs> one but the police one it's like i don't know why because i i don't know nobody gets out of the way of the police either so, so it, as urgently jesus i cannot form a sentence today let's move forward let's go yeah let, <laughs> let's move forward 
All right, thanks to everyone for the questions still coming in. Uh, I send out Twitter requests and fa on the Facebook uh, group as well, and a lot of you are emailing me, so just keep them coming in. A few guys this week said, are you still taking questions for Ask Alex? Uh, let me just expand on that. Sort of, this show is a weekly show now, as we've sort of banged on about recently. We're going to keep this going for the foreseeable future every week. Uh, myself and Alex record it on a Tuesday, and we record the show a week in advance. So this one, you know, when I go out and say, oh, any questions for Alex, um, if you guys email in, uh, you won't, it won't be going on that one that comes out that week. It'll be on the following show. So just in case you're listening for your question and you think we've not asked it or that, do listen to the next episodes, which I'm sure you all are anyway. Um, so just, just to let you know that, keep the questions coming in as much as you want. Uh, there's no limit. You can send in two questions, three questions. You can send in a question every week if you want. Uh, just keep them coming in. It keeps the show going and we hope fresh and different topics uh, for Alex to deal with. So there's there's no right or wrong questions. Um, there's only sort of right answers, well, in Alex's mind that he's going to give you. you yeah. know, he's going to give you his sort of experience. But I was going to say there's no right or wrong answer as well. But we're hoping the answer is correct, at least from Alex's standpoint. So, yeah, just keep the questions coming in. Fire them in any way you want, whichever way is comfortable. And I've said it before, if you want to remain anonymous, just say uh, in the email, Barry, you know, just anonymous. Don't don't mention my name or Twitter or whatever. And, and that's fine as well. Um, it's all about the question and the content. And uh, um, if I could interject so quickly here. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have a question that you're really burning to get through, and, you know, we do get a lot of questions and we do try to get to all of them, but... Uh, Go to twitch.tv slash the assassinato. I've just been like broadcasting myself playing, but eventually I'm going to be doing some uh, hand history reviews and stuff like that. And then I probably will open the floor to questions at some point because you all are doing a, we got 10,000 views on that in the first week. That was pretty crazy. Thank you all for making that happen. And then, yeah, you know, we'll answer your questions. We'll, you know, unless it's stupid, in which case I'll block you and have a very fun time doing it. But uh, other than that, yeah, man, I'll a answer your question. Sorry, that sounded more diabolical than I meant to, but I was having such a fun time blocking people on that Twitch channel, man, because normally, like, if someone says something stupid on a forum, all you, have, you can't do anything. It's like, yep, yep, that's there. It's not based in fact. It's really dumb, and mm -hmm. uh, there it stays forever. But on my Twitch channel, I'm just like, bam, got by. All messages deleted. You can't come back. Have a good day. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, if you have a reasonable question and don't matter, it doesn't matter what a beginner question it is, trust me, I cannot tell you how long I struggled with poker. I cannot, I'm on my 10th year, I just realized the other day, like legitimate, actually legitimately probably my 12th year because I started playing poker every single day from age 15. So from like commercial, commercial fishing vessels to like uh, ca literally a cafe in like Egypt and stuff like that, you know, and it took me a, all of those 12 years to figure something out. So it doesn't matter how rudimentary you think your question is, just go ahead and ask it. I'll answer it. And um, just to explain the Twitch channel for people listening to the podcast, Alex, that want to like check that out. Is that free? Is there premium options? How, oh, how yeah. does it work exactly? Oh, thank you, Barry. Yeah, I should, I should explain that. Twitch is a service that people use to like broadcast themselves playing video games. Now, uh, I, I was a video game journalist before poker, so it was always one of the most boring parts of my job was like having to watch one of my coworkers play a video game. So I kind of don't 
on I kind of don't understand some of the basic games why people watch, but it's really cool with like the high tech games, like the games I don't know, us mortals like Barry and I would never get good at like Call of Duty and stuff like that. And you see like the sixteen year olds who like the second they see a guy, the guy's dead, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like it's really cool for that. And yeah, they just recently let poker on. That was kind of a gray area. They didn't really want to know if they wanted to support gambling. And uh I guess uh uh, I guess the Am I think Amazon purchased it, and then uh, I I guess Google was gonna purchase it, but there was some like uh, I don't, I don't what do you like antitrust law or what antitrust I, yeah, yeah that yeah. was uh, I was trying to remember the big big word there <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah Amazon got it and they were like all right you know let's bring in the poker and it's been a really good time I can broadcast my sessions with a delay and that means like fifty. You can, like, back in the day, a lot of you guys, like, according to Poker Stars, like, hundreds, if not thousands of you would watch Final Tables, and you couldn't see the whole cards. Now, with this service, you guys, 15 minutes later, can not only see my whole cards, but hear my analysis of why I did everything, and then you can also, in the chat, talk with me about just whatever you want. So, I've been really enjoying it, because it's way more fun. It's free if you catch the stream, so, like... You know, just like if you catch it, I get. I guess it's kind of like a TV show. If you catch it, like when it comes out on your basic, uh, whatever, you know, it's free. But if you want to buy the DVDs, it's going to cost you something. But like, there's a 4.99 option. If you subscribe, that's good because you know that gives Twitch, uh, that gives Twitch money, the majority of the money, and that allows them to keep us uh, afloat. And that's really good because they have to spend money on the servers to, like, have the delay and everything. And that's the cheapest option and really good because you get all the broadcasts for up to 60 days before. And then most of the broadcasts have commentary. I did, if you want to watch the Full Tilt Major, I finished second in. That one doesn't have commentary if you want that one. But most of the other sessions do. Uh, the commentary has been stripped from it because I played a licensed song during the broadcast. And, uh, yeah, uh, but if you want the if you want downloadable videos with all the commentary, write us at assassinatocoaching at gmail.com. Those are going to be $19.99. Uh, we should have them all set up by... Uh, we should have them all set up by the end of today, uh, by the end of today, today or tomorrow. And I just realized I was uploading the files. I was like, oh crap! I hope I'm not uploading them now. Otherwise, I'm going to start sounding like Optimus Prime on this uh, on this Skype call. But no, they're not going up. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool, man. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about this project. Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? And it it gives people a sort of way to if they catch you on Twitter to just jump in and. Uh, sort of catch what you're doing yeah exactly and i mean for a longest time like most of my money comes from like interacting with you guys now i mean there was there was something that was really interesting to me i was reading a history book and it was like the first uh the first millionaire from the california gold rush was a little chinese guy selling shovels on the side of the road and i thought you know if everybody's becoming an empty tier and it's becoming tougher I really want to help people and like add value to their life. That's more fun to me, you know, than just like in also, you know, like if I get like a percent or whatever over like a thousand people that far, that's far more diverse and usually outperforms having a hundred percent of myself or whatever percent I have of myself every day because I can only play so much. 
And then, yeah, you know, as I started interacting with you guys more, I had more fun with it. And it was becoming more financially feasible. But what was not financially feasible for a long time was playing because I couldn't really share it with you guys. Like if I made a video, I could share it with you guys. And, you know, we started doing it with the WCOOP and the Scoop videos, which you guys, you know, you could download like 2,000 gigabytes of video files <laughs> to see me playing and stuff like that. But, yeah, now we have like the live stream. You guys can get downloadable videos. And it's like it's open to everybody. And, you know, it's a good time, you know. And it's been... 99. One last, yeah, so. one last question. One last question. I, I'm interested in. I caught your Facebook sort of stream. I think you had a score at the weekend there, or just a few days ago. Um, I'm not sure, but I'll ask you about that. What's your thoughts on if you're at a final table, you've got a Twitch stream going, and maybe someone at the final table is looking at. All right, it's a 15 minute delay, but they maybe got that running and seeing how you've been playing the previous hands and stuff, or. Is that sort of fact? Oh, yeah, man. Well, obviously, that's a bit of a disadvantage, but uh, I don't know. I kind of, when I started this Sunday, I was like, I'm going to play a Sunday session of high six MTTs because I haven't, I don't, I don't know if anybody's really done that on Twitch, like, to the extent I wanted to do it. And then, you know, as I got deeper, I was like, well, I'm going to get the biggest score ever on Twitch, which we did get. But yeah, it, it, I kind of, you know, at the final table, I was like, I should turn this shit off. You know what I mean? Like, uh, disappoint the thousand people or whatever watching, but shit, man. But yeah, I mean, like, it, it, is, it, it is different that people can see it with a delay, but I can't see their cards. But at the same time, uh, the, the one thing I've been really trying to work on is as we get deep at in the middle of the tournament, I don't mind telling people like, well, he does this. So I'm going to do that because chances are by the time they see the stream, our table's going to break anyway. And, yeah. uh, but at the final table, obviously the table's not going to break. What I try to do is I'll go, I'm doing this because of this. And then I go, you know, well, if this guy sees this, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I obviously can't do this the next time, but usually a lot of my plays are pretty particular in that they're probably not going to come up again. And even yeah. if they did come up again, even if the guy couldn't see my card cards, he, he'd probably be suspicious again. You know what I mean? But, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, essentially what I try to do is not like have anticipatory, uh, statements of what I want to do, because in case they're watching, I don't want them to go, Oh shit. He said he was going to do this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. The HUD's out there, and if you know how to read a HUD, and I've uh, a buddy of mine has designed a HUD for me. We're about to put on sale, but the HUD like describes what all the numbers mean. There's like letters that tell you what all the numbers mean, so people at home can follow what the HUD says. But I'm not gonna say like, you know, uh, because X, I'm gonna do Y. Like I'll explain it like. Uh, I'll, I'll explain it like after the fact, but I'm not going to be like, well, if he does this in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to do this, you know? So, yeah. you know, or like, we're going to really start looking at three bet bluff this guy. Yeah. yeah. If he raises, if he raises me one more time, I'm going all <laughs> yeah, the Joe Hashem. Like I'm going to limp the button. And if this guy raises one more time, I'm drop kick punting the queen seven. And then the rest of my life, I'm going to complain about how bad I run. But, uh, yeah, no, it's going to – yeah, you know, I mean, if you know how to read a HUD, you might be able to see what's coming. But, like, they can see their HUD 
anyway, like if they're playing with me, you know what I mean? They're, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, so I tr- on you. Yeah, but I mean, like for a guy like me, I think like advertising wise, it's like worth more than probably what I'm giving away. Also, the fact I just really don't enjoy grinding on my own. Like it's really fucking boring to sit in my office all day grinding MTTs. And when I have people watching, it's way more fun. So it's kind of like I take it as like a surcharge. I mean, it's not it's not I don't enjoy MTT and it's just like it has to be a particular day. I'm into it. Like it's I don't know if you do anything for 10, 12 years, like every day, eventually it's not going to be as thrilling as it used to be. And it's not like when I was a kid where it was like, you know, like first place in the Sunday major on full tilt when I was a kid was like $250,000 or something like that. And like the, I finished seventh at the final table right before black Friday. And first was like 400,000 or something like that. And first place on this Sunday major was 40 K. So it's like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like, I still love, I love it when my, I just realized when my horse is over here, I love to play way more because it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's so new to him. And it's like a lot of this stuff and it's like really exciting for him and it gets me excited and gets me fired up. And it's like, when I meet with my students, I get really fired up because they have all that hunger. You know what I mean? So the fact that we can actually monetize this and put it on twitch.tv is pretty, it's pretty badass. I'm pretty psyched about it. Yeah, it's good. So if you want to catch Alex, uh, follow him on Twitter at the assassinato and, I see him tweet out quite regularly when he's doing streams and stuff, so you can catch him. And I always try and retweet it if I catch it as well, if I'm on Twitter. I appreciate that, that, man. And if you go to Twitch, I think you can, like, favorite it, and it'll send you an email whenever I'm streaming. All right, there there you go. There you go. If you go to twitch.tv slash the assassinato and go right below where the feed is, like, where the video is, there's, like, everything we got going on right now, like, every ad you can imagine. So, if you yeah, want to... Yeah, I, I, heard, I heard for, like, seven ninety nine as well, you can watch Alex shower at night. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch me whack off, but, yeah. It's not, but, uh, That's too far. I was going to go there. But I, <laughs> I knew you were. So. I, I was going to go there when you said something you do every day for 12 days. Uh, years it doesn't, it doesn't keep the same level of enjoyment and I was like uh, really <laughs> yeah, uh, like, yeah. like that Green Day song what was it but alright alright we'll, we'll move we'll move on yeah if you guys want to pay us anything for this uh, podcast tell a friend and if you get a chance go to that Twitch channel and just go underneath and check out everything we got going on there there's like free articles and links to a bunch of other stuff and then there's some stuff that actually costs money and if you would look at that, and if any of that interests you, it would really help this podcast keep going. Now, anyhow, let's move on. Yeah. And in terms of the podcast, keep going. Let's get on with the first question um, of this episode. It is from Nick. Uh, Hi, Barry and Alex. Great show. On the last podcast, you were talking about spinning goes. Um, for those that don't know, that's the things on stars. I'm sure everybody knows it. There's actually lots of commercials in the UK trying to promote these things as well. Uh, on television Uh, and Alex intimated that they might be easy to beat could you expand on that comment please P.S. could I suggest that Alex doesn't slurp his coffee so loudly in his webinars what? Essex (laughs) nah yeah sorry about that I also like to hit the microphone with my coffee cup that's my other fun thing but no I mean anytime there's like a bunch of recreational players Typically, the game is a little easier to beat. 
somebody would have to do the math as to what your average ROI is in this, but just Google two plus two, you know, two plus two spin and goes profitable question mark. And I'm sure there's a 37 page thread where every expert is coming together on two plus two to decide whether or not it is. And then just look at the math and it like, I, I did, got really bad marks in maths in uh, high school in the United States, which is, like, pretty pretty sad. But, like, if you can do remedial algebra, you can check a lot of this stuff. And if you don't know how to do it, you can uh, – I, I mean, I, I actually think when I was, like, 18 or 19, like, I took an entrance exam to go to a cent, uh, central – you know, like inner city community college. And they were like, you need to go back to ninth grade math. So when I had to go uh, learn algebra for poker, I just Googled like, how do you do this in algebra? And you would be amazed how much better teachers are when they actually can make a buck off their site as opposed to like public school teachers. And they'll give away a lot of stuff for free. And you can check that and see, I, uh, my guess is it would be pretty unlikely spinning goes are unprofitable if you know what you're doing. The winner-take-all format, too, uh, we, correct, correct, it's winner-take-all, right? Yeah, yeah. That makes it easy as hell to, like, oftentimes you will become unprofitable in spinning goes because you do not understand ICM. I cannot tell you how much – I win life packages to every event I go to. Like every single event I go to, and I, I, for the last like three years, I've been explaining this on Twitch. People are like, you do not play poker. I was like, yes, I have not played poker for years. I've just been a consultant. And, you know, well, how can you get a live event package to everything you go to? Well, a lot of people really suck at the ICM, deep in those uh, multi-table satellites. But that's not going to be your issue in Sid and Goats because it's like, do I think I'm ahead of their range? Yes, go. That's it. When it's winner take all, that's all you have to do. So, and I'm pretty sure all of us can do that if we're working hard enough. And it becomes really easy, like if you're using Hold'em resources or something like that. Write us at uh, actually we we're gonna have that on sale too. Car Runners EV, Flopzilla, and all that stuff. I'm selling out. Myself is for sale. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, man. I think I think there's some money to be made in it. Uh, but you got to be probably. With uh, the blind structure the way it is and the gambling nature of it, you probably got to be playing a lot of these every day, like just a lot, a lot. Like you can't – like if you only have a couple hours after your job, I'd rather you be playing cash because you're going to be learning a lot more and be getting way better at poker way faster, and it's probably going to be more profitable. Yeah, I was going to say the, the main thing I think is just the recreational players, the whole – um, people jumping in for a quick whatever they've got so much left in stars they want to just bang them into this and um, it's that sort of just quick fix isn't it it's a bit yeah. like rush poker why people when that came out first people were like oh people are just jumping in here and just spewing off money and paying off because they just want to gamble it's like it's almost like a poker clients some of them have got the casinos you know in the lobby. Yeah. And it's almost like that. Some people treat it like that. But then that, like anything, like the sit and goes, brings people that are going to really be doing the numbers on these. But you made a huge point there. It's winner takes all. So there's none of this, like, right for seconds or maybe you're not playing aggressive enough and you're getting too many seconds or thirds, you know, if you were playing sit and goes or something. Uh, you've got no choice but, like Alex says, you know, what have I got? Am I ahead of his range here? I call, call or shove or whatever is 
you, you're only playing, there's only one spot that pays money. Unless you're lucky to get one of the million dollar ones where <laughs> first million dollars, sec, second and thirds at 100k, then just, you know, just enjoy it if you it's, get one of them. I still go Jesus when I hear, hear that and I'm like, oh, by the way, dude, you were at a final table where first was two million dollars. And it was like, I, I still can't believe that because I remember that like 21 year old kid. I was like, that guy was retarded. Like, how did that happen? Because I still see these million dollar prizes. I'm like, Jesus, does that happen? Do people get to those tables? Like, how does that happen? Do they, how does they, how do they do that? Yeah. Unless you get, what is it? A hundred thousand for second. And th th I, th I think it's a hundred thousand for second and third. $900,000 $900, bubble. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm sure it was because I was reading, I think a couple of weekends ago, um, they got hit twice for like a million dollar one. And I'm sure I read second gets, uh, the second and third players get a hundred thousand, um, Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm I'm 99% sure that's that's true what I read. Um, so yeah, they're interesting things, but like Alex says, uh, you know, you got to it, it is what it is, and it's not going to really transfer great to your like if you were a cash player and stuff. Like Alex says, if you it depends what you're trying to do. If you just want to blast off some money, then they're great fun, and you could maybe become profitable at them with just basic like push fold, but if you want to get good and improve at poker, then probably, like well, Alex says, cash games. Well, and I just thought, by the way, since the last episode and before the last episode, I've invested exactly zero seconds thinking about spinning goes. But I imagine this is a lot like a bad beat jackpot because that money for those million-dollar prizes has to come from somewhere. And it's like, uh, I, I've, played a cash uh, I've played in cash games where there's a bad beat jackpot, but you've got to be there a lot of the time so there's a good possibility you could hit it are one of the lesser prizes you know what i mean that was by the way some of my greatest memories me and my friends played at tulalip uh this indian casino when we were underage and we would hit the bad beat jackpot and we would have to just walk out because <laughs> because they check our id right we'd be like i i gotta you know and everybody knew what was going on or like we would just be praying to god somebody else would get the high hand for the hour or something right like yeah are you to have these weird situations it's like i flap quads i think i have to check fold because what's my equity what what happens if i get caught with quads <laughs> you know like <laughs> is anybody gonna beat quad kings in the next 35 minutes because i i'm gonna have to you know so you'd be on the river and you'd be like okay now how much money do i have to make to get kicked out of here for the rest of my life and feel good about it or the rest of my life in the next two years or whatever it was but yeah i mean wow i totally forgot about those equity calcs but that just came rushing back to me but anyways uh, move. We got to work on our transitions. You, you're always like, man, that is quite funny. It is crazy. It is crazy. And I'm like, let's move this shit along, or shall we? Like, but yeah. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Next question is uh, here. We go. It's from Tom. Uh, Hi, Barry. You guys are great as always. Here's a hand I had last night in a home game. Love to know your thoughts. Um, and he's got it was a one two dollar no limit. And he's got Ace King of Hearts. He's under the gun plus one. He raises to eight dollars. Under the gun plus two, a uh, loose aggressive player raises to twenty-eight dollars. He calls the flop comes Ace of Diamonds, Queen of Hearts, Ten of Diamonds. Ace of Diamonds, what? 
Queen of Hearts, Ten of Diamonds. Okay, I'm writing this down on my whiteboard. But okay. Okay, <laughs> okay moving on. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a beautiful mind, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna start uh, shitting in a bag or whatever he ended up doing, yeah, right? And then, yeah. and then yelling about the Jews at my Nobel Prize <laughs> finish yeah, here, right. when I won my Nobel Prize. But okay, now continue. Excellent, excellent so, analogy. So you, you got the flop, Matt, and I, I check. He bets all in $133 into $61 pot, and he tank folds. What's right. the correct way to analyze this? I have backdoor hearts and straight draws. How do you look at the value of hero hand versus overbet? Pre-flop, I was quite confident he had like ace-queen, and when that hit the flop so hard it made me lean, forward, uh, lean towards fold, so I did. Can't say I didn't hear Alex on my shoulder saying, if you're not sure, fold. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. So you have to call 133 to win. Yeah. Let's see. Well, you would win your 132, 266 plus say, 61. 61, so three. Uh, you have to be right a uh, fairly good amount of the time here. Hold on. Uh, 130. Uh well, you have to have that much equity or whatnot, but let me see if I'm doing this right. Because if you bet, okay, if somebody bets like half the pot, this is how you do this, kids. Let's say somebody bets half the pot, right? How much equity do you have to have to call? Well, a lot of people go, uh, well, I'm calling one unit to win three units, so I need 33% equity. No, that's not correct. You're calling one unit to win four units because you're going to get your unit back when you in. Uh, when, when you call, so you're calling 133 here to win, let's see, like about 320-ish, so I think you need, yeah, it's about 41% equity to call here, which actually is quite a bit, uh, that's, that's really a lot, by the way, his like overbet jam needs to succeed about 67% of the time as a bluff, which really uh, shocks a lot of people, because you think like, you jam that much into a $60 pot, right? You would think, like, this has to succeed, like, all of the time, right? But it's, usually it's going to clear two-thirds of the time. Maybe not on this board, but on a lot of different boards. You're probably not getting the guy to call with one-third of his hands. Therefore, you're probably showing a profit, which, which is why it's called No Limit for a Reason. Google that article or go to twitch.tv and go to my bluff articles. But, yeah, um... Typically in home games, I've found people do the overbet jams when they have a pretty good hand and they don't want to lose. There's kind of an embarrassment factor with, like, turning over. He can't even have a flush row, right? Ace of diamonds, queen of hearts, ten of – oh, no, ten of diamonds, right? Yeah, you can have a you can have diamonds, yeah. But, I mean, the big-ass three-bet, I mean, like, mm -hmm. give him a draw that doesn't have, like – actually isn't a favorite versus your hand, like – most of them are going to have a broad, like if he has jack nine of diamonds, you're in pretty deep shit. And, uh, I mean, it's just really hard to give him like a 10. Uh, it, it, uh, if he has queen jack of diamonds, you're in pretty deep shit. King queen of diamonds. Like you're not like, uh, obviously you're ahead, but not like, you, you know, I, it, you're not doing exactly great. And it's pretty hard to, like, even if he has 9-8 of diamonds here, he has, a gut, he has a gutter ball to go with it, which, I mean, obviously you counterfeit, but, like, I, I'm just, like, thinking of, like, your entire range versus his entire range. It's really hard to believe he, like, made it pot pre-flop with uh, 
just a small suited connector, which is your best case scenario here. And it's like, here's the thing. Start listing off before you ever do a call, a big ass call, list off the hands you beat and ask how likely it is right now. I'll bet you when you played that hand, your mind just went into holy shitty overjammed, right? Mode, which is pretty much what everybody does and what I did for the first like eight years I played poker. Eventually, what I started doing is I asked myself some simple questions. Before I make a big call, ask myself, what do I beat and how likely is that hand, right? And then before you bet as a bluff, ask, what are you folding out? When you bet for value, what are you getting to call? Ask yourself these simple questions and it breaks down these oh shit moments to like very manageable chunks. And that's what we want to do, compartmentalizing like fighter pilots. So let's list off the hands we beat. We beat ace-jack. What is the likelihood your guy here three-bet the size of the pot with ace-jack? I would assume what – this, what's this guy's name? Where is he from? Um, I'm assuming the UK because that's 90% no, I, of the viewers. No, Listeners. I, think he, I, think, I think he's actually U.S. Oh, okay. Okay, even better. Okay. In yeah. the U.S., uh, I, I'm pretty sure someone still, like, takes a 9 millimeter to your head if you three-bet the size Sorry, of the I'll pot. Sorry, st- I'll, I'll stop you there. He is U.S. It was a home game, and it's $1, $2. Okay, so. okay. Now, growing up in the U.S., I know we grew up with that, like, Tom McAvoy, uh, like, T.J. Cloutier. I, I heard somebody call him T.J. Cloutier one time, and I just shit myself laughing every time I hear it. So I keep saying it, which makes me sound really ignorant. But... Like, we grew up, like, ace-jack is, like, queen, ace-queen is a drawing hand in the States is what we grew up with, right? And if you play, like, home games, there's still a lot of old-timers that posit that theory on everybody, uh, put that theory on everybody. And, you know, it, there's still, like, a social stigma with, like, three-betting. Is your guy here under the gun plus one really three-betting to the size of the pot with ace-jack? Is he... I What... Okay, so that's the one hand you beat. You beat Queen Jack and Jack 10. Um, again, when he really three bet those hands, you beat. You're not even a favorite versus a diamond draw. Now let's list the hands you don't beat Ace, Ace, Queen, Queen, 10, 10. All of which I've seen the overbet jam from a million times in American home game. Because it's like, oh shit, I don't want to get outdrawn. Because like being outdrawn, I don't know what it is in America, but that's like emasculating. Or something. I I really like uh, Europeans. Like sometimes I want to die a slow death for your slow rolling bullshit because that's so weird to me culturally. Because like you were uh, you were probably gonna get your throat cut open if you did that in a game I was in growing up. But like you guys take bad beats like way better. Like I don't know what it is about Americans like taking a bad beat. They will do so much to get away from it. It is ridiculous. And I would not be surprised to see the ace-ace, queen-queen, 10-10. You're tying with ace-king. What was his hand? Ace-king of hearts. You have a backdoor draw. You have a backdoor draw, but eh. I mean, I'm not – I mean, that's nice, but that's not – I mean, that 1.2% uptick in the equity is not really going to do it here. (laughs) And, I mean, ace-queen makes a ton of sense as well. There's just more combinations of that. I think you had a fold here. I'm really proud of you for folding. 
Yeah, even King Jack and he's flopped it. Yeah, oh well. yeah. I mean, like, I didn't, there you go. Like, if we're gonna put in Ace Jack and Queen Jack, we gotta put in King Jack. So it's kind of a wash. You know, yeah. it's not like oh goody. You know, it's not like he's three betting Queen Jack and Ace Jack and not. I mean, I guess he could three bet Ace Jack and not King Jack. But if he's three betting Queen Jack, he's three betting King Jack. So it's not really. It's a pretty odd guy who flats King Jack and three bets Queen Jack. Now that I think of it. But yeah, I mean, uh, I've seen this hand a million times in an American card game, and I've always folded here with Ace King. So, and you gotta accept once in a while you're gonna be wrong here. Like a good ten, fifteen, twenty percent of the time, this guy has Ace Jackers. I mean, like not even that. Let's say he does, right? I don't think that's even true. But let's say he does. It doesn't matter because remember, you had to have forty-one percent equity versus all of his range. To break yeah. even here. You don't have that. So there's a lot of times people hear me on the broadcast going like, he's bluffing like one time out of five here, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But a lot of people just can't handle that. You mean one time out of five here I'm getting made to look like a bitch in full gear? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a card game, by the way. You know, like your penis does not get longer if you call here and you're correct. Like it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to buy you a BMW or any other bullshit uh, moder- moderator of how manly you are. But anyway, yeah, sorry. Anyway, I go off on my little tirades. Forgive me. I, I guess I really wanted to live up to that beautiful mind analogy you made up at the beginning. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah. So we agree that, that that's a fold because even like fold. fair flush draw and stuff is, yeah. Uh, great hand, oh. by the way. That was really easy for the broadcast and that was really that was really fun to analyze. Thank you for sending that in. Yeah, thanks for the question, Tom. Keep them coming in if you get any more. Uh, the next one is from Batman underscore EA on Twitter. <laughs> um, hey, guys. Great podcast. Love them. I've been listening for a long time now. So glad you guys got the sponsor and it's a regular podcast now. Got a question for Alex if you want to use it for some content. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, I have been falling in and out of love with poker for seven or eight years and always played for taking shots in the love of the game. Now with me being 28 with a couple of young kids and almost no time on my hands, I thought there would be no better time to take it seriously and try and improve my game and use uh, proper bankroll management. So I'm playing micro stakes, MTTs and sitting goes mainly on stars and grinding my way slowly. So just wondering if Alex either ever avoids flips, even when you know you're in front, I don't mean any bad feeling type stuff, just situations where even you're ahead, you're better passing it up, even when the statistics are in your favour, say, just a 1% edge for 100% of your tourney life. I understand that we want to take every edge, and statistically in the long run we come out on top, should we be playing to win not just the cash, but I don't know if it's these games that I'm tilting, but I just feel every tourney I get way out in front, and then it all in uh, ahead with a great chance of winning and get rivered. Thanks a lot in advance if you use this and keep up the good work. Simon, uh, Batman, sorry. Uh, Simon's the next guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I mean, stuff you didn't even put into the question, but, I mean, just being myself, I have to analyze. Um, okay, let's start with the question you did ask. Is there any time you know you're ahead and you do fold? Yeah, I mean... If you and another guy are the two big stacks at the final table and there's like six guys with two big blinds, of course, you can fold even if you have queens and he shows you ace-king just because 
the second you get it all in there, you just walk around the table and go, here's $50 to you. Here's $72 to you. And uh, no matter what happens. However, I mean, read anything about ICM. I think people who, a lot of the guys who really belabor about uh, ICM, I find are pretty bad at poker. And the guys who go for the win, who don't think about ICM at all, aren't as good as if they did think about ICM. But they tend to make more money in the long run. Uh, I would just read. Uh, I have a. I have a chapter I wrote in Jonathan Little's new book, which is uh, coming out here soon, and it's a lot about. Like, there's an entire. Honestly, I could do a two-hour, like, class on when you should be folding when you're the favorite in an MTT. So it's a little hard to ta- tackle here. But the thing is, you shouldn't do it that often. Uh, it, and in a micro stakes MTT, you, you really should almost never be doing it because you can play so many of them and the structure is such that you're not going to get that many opportunities to chip up. Now, of course, if there's one of those extreme situations, by, by all means go for it. But even like the other extreme situation is like your chips are worth, like, I'll give you an example. There was one time I was on the bubble of a WQ main event. And uh, I, I became the bubble boy, by the way, which was pretty awesome. Queens of Jack 10, I got I to bring that up. But no, it was like my stack, like ICM-wise, was worth like 4.8K. And if I'm in cash, it was worth like 12 or something, right? So it's just instantly 7K in your pocket if you cash in this tournament, right? That's a good time to like stall or do something ICM-wise. Or if you have like ace-jack and a guy like jams on you 15X, Maybe you can fold here if there's a guy with, like, four acts on the other table, right? Yeah. Or if you have ace-king, just shove 18 acts as opposed to raise calling with it in that spot. However, uh, you're going to be like, I'm on the bubble of a $10 tournament. I get $21 if I cash. If that $21 will change your life, sure, be thinking about it. But a lot of times, I, I think if you're not like really paying attention to that, and you go for the win in the tournament, you're gonna learn. Uh, you're gonna play more final tables and learn more than uh, than maybe you should. Uh, the other thing is like, okay, you don't have much time. I was really surprised to hear I have a couple kids and almost no time on my hands, so it seems like a perfect time to make a run for it. And I was like, I mean, uh, it wasn't those words, but it was like, it seems like a good time to take it seriously is what I think he meant, right? Yeah. And (laughs) if you want to take it seriously, again, we brought this up in one of the last episodes, but less sleep. Uh, I don't don't like it either, but I mean, that's kind of the tax you pay if you want to like chase a dream, you know what I mean? It's either, I mean, it'd be the same thing if you were going to night school when you had a couple of kids, you probably would be our you know, uh, working a late shift at a dock, you know, be, to pay for your studies. It's just the same thing. So uh, start getting pretty good at taking 20-minute naps and sleeping only five or six hours at night. And uh, you gotta play a, you got to play a lot of micro six tournaments if you're going to play them. Uh, I don't know how old you are, but uh, if you're younger and you feel, like, you feel like you can play, you know, I would start just like every time before you studied, like setting some basics. If I see... If he's opening this percentage, I have to jam this much, right? And just like putting like a little sticky note next to your table. Because right now you're probably going for all the nuances and you're probably not getting them as well because there's no real guide 
as to, I mean, it's really amazing to me how there's like no guide as to how in the hell you study, right? And uh, that's something I'm tackling in Card Runners, if you would like to check that out. But uh, there's, uh, it's, it's like, I feel really weird whenever I put in an ad like that. But it's just like, it really is true. I am doing a s- series on how to study because I want guys like this who are like, you know, I'm making a run for it. It's like, I, I, I want them when they go play to focus on just a few things. It's like if you went to go play a tennis game, your tennis coach wouldn't be like, okay, I want you to focus on these 23 things today, all right? He would be like backhand, backhand. That's what you're, you know, I want you to focus on that backhand. Your backhand was really weak last time. I want you to focus on that. So every time you go in, be like, if he's opening 50% of the hands on the button, this is what I need to jam from the small blind. This is what I need to jam from the big blind. That's all you focus on the whole day. You play a ton of tables. You try to rack up those FPPs. You try to rack up volume. And you try to implement that a thousand times. Then when you feel like you know that by the back of your hand, move on to the next position. Start with just the jam. Start with just the opens. Looking at how often does the big blind fold? How often does the small blind fold? Hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. Get those opens down. Get those jams down. Then start getting those three-bet bluffs in and stuff like that. And, yeah, eventually, you know, building on top of it and whatever. And don't try to make money. You try to make money, it just never comes. Like, if you just try to become the best poker player you can be, the only guy you should be trying to get better than is the person you were yesterday. Just try, keep doing that, and eventually, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen in one year or even two years, but eventually you start seeing results. Uh, That's the one thing I like about poker. It doesn't really seem to be held down by your physical dimensions or anything like that. I have yet to see somebody really earnestly put in the hours and not succeed. Even people I thought... You know, like, I, I'll be honest, there's been a few guys, I'm like, I just don't think this guy's smart enough to be a poker player. And then a couple of years later, he's making good money and paying his taxes and doing a lot of, you know, doing a lot of good for him and his family. And you go, oh, you know, that dude worked up to it, you know. And, yeah, you know, good luck in your trek. And uh, look forward to some sleepless nights with the kids. And, yeah. <laughs> yep, I mean, no real easy way to say it, just kind of how it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question is from Simon. Uh, hey guys, how do you, I escape? To, uh, how do I escape feeling like a rat in, the, in a cage? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I say this because I'm a winning player at 100 NL. I use very good bankroll management, but all I seem to do is move up and down between 100 NL and 200 NL. Sometimes 50 NL. If I go on a real bad run, I will drop down. I've been doing this for a couple of years and don't seem to be getting any further forward. It's like only the site is winning by raking me. Uh, how do I get to the next step? Do I just need to luck out a five-figure score in a tournament? Lol. Who, 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 what's this guy's name? I think I know who the... Oh, no, it's Simon. Simon. Okay, it's not, yeah. not who I thought it was. But anyway, okay. Well, I mean... Uh, yo, I've never... Are you making... The fu- uh, the first thing I thought is like, what the fuck is wrong with a hundred NL? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a pretty. Uh, you can make a lot of money at hundred NL. Like a lot of people thought I had a lot of money when I was uh, uh, playing all the EPTs. Truth was, I was playing hundred and at one point I was playing hundred NL on a really soft site, oh. and I remember like one week, like I made like six K. You know what I mean? Just off of hundred NL on a soft site, you got to find. Obviously, finding softer sites is a little harder now. Uh, 
trying to get rake back deals like the one we have with America's Card Room certainly is very beneficial. And they're one of the few sites that really gives it out still. But you got to find like, uh, you know, you got to find rake back. You got to, like you said, who's benefiting? Well, a lot of the guys who rake, you know what I mean? How do you get some of that rake back? Well, you got to find a rake back deal or you got to start making yourself uh, useful in other ways. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these Twitch broadcasters are doing and then eventually, you know, the sites want to pay these Twitch broadcasters to put, I mean, I'm just using this as an example, but you can always, if you want to be, if you want to be better, if you want things to get better, you got to be better and you got to add value somewhere. So like these Twitch broadcasters, for example, like, you know, they're adding value in a way to people's lives. And then eventually you become valuable to a site and they're like, Hey, I want to give you all of your rank back as long as you play at my site. That's the thing to happen. So a lot of guys who speak in language other than English should be thinking of that right now because I'm sure it's going to, you know, it's going to turn into a pretty big thing. And, uh, there's nothing. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's how you could adjust it. First of all, I mean, I've never gotten beyond high stakes MTTs and like, uh, two, four and up. I've never have 12 years now. I've never, I've played up to 2550 when the game is soft, but I know I couldn't handle myself in like 2550 on stars. Like I'm sure I wouldn't be dead in the water, but I sure as hell wouldn't be showing a profit. You know what I mean? And, uh, I played 510 pretty seriously for a while, but I didn't really make that much money at it. And, uh, but I don't worry about it because, you know, it's like, how much money are you making? You know what I mean? And if you can make money in easier ways, why would you, why would you want to move up just for, you know, so somebody go, Hey, that's that guy. He plays the biggest games in town. Nobody's going to do that with you online anyway. So the way to like start multiplying your money, you know, get, uh, get, get, uh, get better. If you want things to be better, you have to get better. You got to start investing a lot in your education. A lot of guys, you know, they just play and play and play and play. And, you know, they play 50 hours a week and they study zero. And of course you're just going to stay where the hell you you are. You know what I mean? Like you got to, if you want to get better, you got to start investing in yourself. There was a time I could not beat MTTs. So let's bring this back. I said like, I've never expanded beyond high six MTTs in like two, four cash. Right. There was a time I couldn't beat high stakes MTTs and I was really stubborn about it. And I was like, yo, man, I've always beat this. And it was like, actually, a lot of the plays and I kept checking my plays. and I was like, oh, that turns a profit, you know, so that's fine. Right. But it turned into like, you know, it, it's a very small profit and multiplied that very small edge. You could go through some huge swings. And instead of adjusting, I went on, you guys can take a look at my shark scope on stars. I went on a hundred K downswing, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. and, uh, I mean, I've you know, praise be to Jesus Christ. I've come back from that. But like, uh, you know, obviously that was a pretty disconcerting time, but I had to like put my ego on the shelf and be like, yo man, you're not good anymore. Fuck it, man. You're not good. Like you gotta get, you gotta hit the books again. You know what I mean? And it's like, I was, I, I knew, or I had to move down. That was the other thing. And it sounds like you're man enough to do that, right? So I did move down for a while. I did play less tables. I started putting some money together and then I studied. And then like that week I won the, I mean, like I studied for a few months and then the week I really felt I was kicking it in the gear. I won the W group second chance and like, like, boom, 120 K done, like put, <laughs> put back up. Right now, obviously it's not going to be that dramatic, but that stuff is going to happen all the time in your career. And then 
Uh, the other thing is people get their score and they're like, oh, sweet, now I know everything about poker. And then in another two years, it's like, well, shit, you're broke again. You've got to always be studying. Ape Styles has been relevant since 2004 in online poker, literally 2004, all right? And, like, it's 2015 now, and he's still winning full tilt majors. And uh, what was it? He had the Sunday Million fi- He had the Sunday Million final table in the full tilt major back-to-back, right? It's like, how does he do that over 11 years? Well, every time I talk to Ape Styles, he's like, yeah, you know, I get like eight hours, 10 hours of study in a week, and he really enjoys the process, and the money's kind of secondary. You kind of have to be like that. Now, if you want to make more money from 100 NL, uh, you know, if you're a young guy, if you're not like our last guy who's got a couple kids and he's got he's to keep them in their school district and everything, you have a, I was going to say one word and then it turned into another word and then it sounded a very odd southern twang. Sorry about that. But it was like, uh, you got to, if you can move, man, that's a big deal. Like, I live in Costa Rica. I, if I, my salary in the United States would put me like middle class, but like not doing that well. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be like bad, but like my average salary, if nothing happens in poker, is like, it's pretty good for the States, but like, I wouldn't be able to live the way I live in Costa Rica, you know what I mean? I'd have to save a lot, uh, I would be pinching pennies a little more, I'd have to be a little more careful, you know what I mean? In Costa Rica, I can have assistance, maids, stuff like that, you know what I mean? And like, uh, uh, people cooking for me and all that, because the US dollar versus the Costa Rican cologne is very strong, and you can move to Thailand, you can move to Costa Rica, you could move to a lot of different countries. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of one in Europe. A lot of places, I loved Eastern Europe. Like, a lot of Eastern Europe is actually turning into, like, pretty nice and safe. And it's like, mm. you know, it's a lot. It, there's a lot of places in, like, Bulgaria that look a lot like Italy, and they're, like, one-fourth the price, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, you could go chill out there, and there's... I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of Americans who are living in Mexico and nothing bad's ever happened. So if you can live in Mexico pretty a- in a pretty affluent community and be safe, I think you could do it in a lot of different parts of Europe. So, I mean, there's that. And then there's, uh, uh, you know, you have to get on the rate back deals and you got to get on these sites that other people hate to play on. If the software infuriates you, remember it, it is infuriated everybody else and they gave up at that point. I've played on French sites. I've played on Malaysian sites, Russian sites, Korean sites, Chinese sites, uh, Brazilian sites. And, you know, I mean, it's just sports books in uh, Europe that were pretty clearly put together on a two-day Coke binge. They're really bad. You know, you just got to find these, like, small enclaves and, like, play, man. I mean, that's... And then eventually you'll have enough money you can start moving up and you'll be like, oh, man, that was actually a lot easier than I thought it was. But, no, you just looked at the problem different. Yeah, I was also going to say it doesn't mention whether he's withdrawing or, like, living from it as well. Um, if you're taking money out, then that's why the role, that's why you're, you don't feel like you're maybe, you know, it's like we've discussed this before. Oh, yeah. if, you're taking, if you're taking money out your bankroll, then you're still winning, but you're not, you're not taking into account and giving yourself credit for like living off that money or buying stuff or food or, or whatever you're spending exactly, it on. Exactly, yeah. If, if, you're, if you're withdrawing, then that's, that's a win in itself, you know, in more ways than one. If you still got your role and like you're withdrawing, but if you're not withdrawing and you're just going up and down, then like Alex said, it probably you need to really look and think, 
well, you're obviously not winning at two, 200 NL, so you maybe need to get better and crush 100 NL is for more and then really work on your game for when you go up that you then sort of like start winning at 200 NL. But yeah, I would say, check that. If you're withdrawing from it, then I think you're beating yourself up and you're in a really good situation making a living in it like 100 NL. I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, I remember like when I went pro at like 18, I was like a mythical creature, you know what I mean? Because there was like no such thing as a professional player, right? And like people couldn't believe that could be done. Now there's all these kids who play 100 NL and they make a living and they're like, man, I don't feel like I'm good enough. It's like you're making money from a card game. You could do this yeah. anywhere. You want to go see Egypt? Go see Egypt. You can work from there. You know, everybody else is like, oh, man, I would love to see Japan one day. And they got to work till they're like 50 years old, right? And then they got to go uh, – and then they go on like a one-week guided tour with everybody speaking English to them. No, man, you can go to Japan, get a crappy apartment, and live in Japan. You can work from there. You know what I mean? Think of that freedom, man. Anywhere on earth you can draw a paycheck. Who else can do that? That's pretty tough. And, yeah, if, uh, you, and, uh, if you want to build up money, you might want to – if you have any other skills, you might want to, like, pick up your old job or – go back to work and then play on your off hours and then save up the money. And then taking that 200 NL shot with like 30 buy-ins is going to be way more comfortable than you're probably taking a five buy-in shot and just clearing it out off of scared money. Anyways, we beat this one to hell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last question for this show. We've got time to squeeze it in. Um, it's just a short one. So, well, it might not be if Alex goes on. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> It's from, it's from Zach, and it's quite a nice one to end it on. Um, can you guys give me some interesting books to read? I'm going on holiday, pool holiday, for two weeks, doing nothing but lying at the pool. I'm looking for some reading recommendations. Not really wanting poker strategy. Uh, kind of looking to switch off. More good books for life in general. I would read some poker life stories, though. Uh, any thoughts? Cheers. Uh, that's a good question. Um, hold on. Let me turn on my Kindle and see what... Because I like go between so many different books, it's hard to remember. But uh, I would recommend. I mean, it depends on what you're into. If you're into yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Twilight. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't even get a laugh out of you. Just Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I've not watched any of them. It was uh, somehow. Oh, anyway, anyway, not going to bring that up. But anyway. Uh, I got roped into seeing like part of one of the Twilight movies and I like, I could not believe how bad it was. Like, I really could not believe how I could predict every line that was going to come. You know what I mean? Like, and I had not, it was like the third one and like, I didn't know anything about the story, but yeah. Anyway, um, if you like fiction, uh, let, let me do my recommendations from what I've just read. If you like, uh, if you like sci-fi, I just read this book called Leviathan Wakes. It was made by a guy who worked with George R.R. R. Martin, uh, the guy who wrote Game of Thrones. And it's pretty clear whoever educated this guy how to write knew how to like – this guy knows how to like write for entertainment, right? It has a very cool like noir way of going about things, but like also with like really badass sci-fi stuff going on. And uh, Game of Thrones I really recommend. If you just want to read like what – like, there will probably never, ever be another writer like that man, George R. R. Martin, right? Like, it just, it will never happen again. 
like a guy that is so clearly transported to like this uh, fantasy, you know, old, merry old England or whatever, right? Uh, Game of Thrones is really good. That uh, if you like historical fiction, I'm reading this book called The Dark Road right now. It's it's not for everybody. It's by a writer named Ma Jian. It's uh, it's like uh, he he's a Chinese writer that got kicked out of China. Or like he had to leave because he was about to get killed, right? And it's just about like living in China underneath the communist regime. And it's like it's pretty uh, it's pretty dark. Like it's it's pretty badass. Uh, if you're a curmudgeonly conservative asshole like me, I would really recommend our culture, what's left of it. Our uh, life at the bottom is probably one of the – it's this doctor who works in the ghetto writing about his life. And it's, uh, it's some of the best like English I've ever read. It's an Englishman who wrote it, and like, his command of the English language is just pretty much incredible. Uh, if you're really into uh, – I'm trying to remember – uh, something I did recently is I read like Dawkins and Hitchens and like all the atheist uh, writers. And then I, on the religious side, I read, uh, what was it? Why it was called why Christianity is great, which despite the cheesy ass title is like a really, it's like, it's a bunch of scientists describing why they're theists specifically, not exactly like, I don't know why the guy put Christianity but it's just like why a bunch of scientists believe in God and like it's really trippy, like what they get into. And like it turns into like if you read all those books, it turns into like a dialogue between like Stephen Hawking and uh, like the guy who constructed the human genome and stuff like that. Uh, trying to trying to think I'm looking at my library right now. Um, I'm trying to think of what's good to read like while you're on a vacation uh, check out <laughs> Tony Robbins' new book on money is actually pretty practical. I've given that to a lot of different people, and now they seem to be making a lot better choices about saving money and stuff like that. Uh, if you're looking for something a bit more, I don't know what the word is. It's not alternative or contemporary. Like if you're really into like Chuck Palahniuk, like Fight Club, uh, I've been reading this Japanese author named Natsuo Kurino. Read this book by her called out it's like probably like one of the darkest like trippiest books like you'll ever read it's a uh, it's based in japan and like it's uh she also has other books but they're not as good uh the real world is interesting but it's not written as well and uh i don't know do you have any more barry while well, i think uh, i would say for poker i mean i'm if you've not read it Stu Unger, one of a kind that's a great book oh yeah um, his good. story um, that's a poker one also, another gambling one I really, really enjoyed was um, Lay the Favourite. And I think it's by Beth, I want to say Raymer. Um, Beth, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's Beth Raymer. Uh, it's called Lay the Favourite, and it's about like a bookie in Vegas and a sports better and stuff. And it was made into a really bad film with Bruce <laughs> Willis. Like, I think it went straight to DVD type thing. Wow, and, that uh, bad. It was poor. It was really poor. Um, and it was amazing that it was like Bruce Willis. Like When I got told it was getting made into a film, I thought, great. Because the book is excellent, honestly. Actually, two of the best books on gambling I've ever read were by women. And I don't mind saying that I'm a bit, you know, sexist when it comes to some <laughs> stuff like that. I think, oh, fuck, you know, it's by a woman. I don't want to... Re-. you know, Not as much as that. You know, like, oh, yeah. shit, it's a woman. I'm not reading this. But... <laughs> 
But uh, Lee the Favourite was by a girl called Beth Raymer, I'm sure it's Raymer, and that was excellent. That That's in my top five books on gambling. It just gets the whole scene like, it's just great. And the other one is For Richer, For Poorer, or For Richer and Poorer, or something like that. It's Victoria Corin's book. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vicky Corin, the girl, the pro that won an EPT and she left Poker Star. Actually, I think she's won two. Two EPT of them. Stars. First one went yeah. through. Yeah, um, that is just fantastic. It's uh, all about her life and playing in poker games with like a lot of British characters and the early sort of when it started getting on TV with late night poker, the first whole cam shows and stuff like that. And uh, just about gambling and casino environments. It's an excellent book. That's probably one of the best books I've ever read on gambling. Uh, Victoria Corrin's book is just fantastic. Um, and four hour work week we've touched on that before that if you're into that sort of thing you'll know if that's for you or not if you read the thing on Amazon read the blurb about it you'll know if it's going to be relevant or I think it's relevant to everyone but you'll, you'll know if it's something you want to read to put it that way um, that, whole, and then I'd say, that I, whole series yeah sorry four hour work week four hour body four hour chef four hour yeah, chef is actually just stuff. about learning really rapidly and it's like really ha- helped me especially like with battle rap like uh, like learning memorization techniques was like so badass from that book. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just wanted to p- I, inject I've that. got that. It's like a phone book thickness. Um, <laughs> and I've, I, I say, I've read through certain sections of it and dipped in, but I think he wrote the book to be like that. Um, it's not to be read cover to cover type thing. I think you dip into it and have a look at certain bits because that is a, that is a one thick book. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and there's lots of picture, cool art and stuff like that in it. And so, yeah, that's a good book. Uh, it's quite big. Um, you probably need an extra bag to take that on a flight with you, um, that thing. But, um, yeah, I'd say that. And then anything by Tony Robbins you touched on, if that's what you're looking for as well. I suppose it depends what you're looking for in your life and what you want to read. In terms of, like, fiction and just a great book, I would say Lear Cake, um, especially if you've not seen the film. Have you seen that film, Alex, Lear Cake? You know, I've had it. I, I've literally had that on my computer for three years. I've never seen it. Is it good? I think I, I think I told you to download it, actually. I think you did, think, and then I got I it, did. I never saw yeah. it. <laughs> you, you need, yeah, you need to watch that. That's a good. That's a great movie. That's, I really like that. that that's excellent. Uh, but if you've not seen it, then definitely get the book. The book's even better. As, without sounding like one of these people, oh, you've got to read the book, you know, like, fucking... No, I mean... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's good, it's good, you got to check it out. Uh, that's about it, I mean... For, yeah, for gambling books... I totally forgot to bring up gambling bu- books. My, my favourite is... One of my favourites is The Professor, The Banker, and The Suicide King. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, just with Andy Beale. And I don't think I got a chance to meet this guy. I played with him for six hours, didn't realise who he was, Jim McManus, but... uh positively fifth street is like mm-hmm. it, it's about going to vegas like back when you know like old texas road gamblers would like blow smoke into your face and stuff yeah. like while you were playing and like it's about this writer and the guy can write the guy is a writer like and uh it's about him like going into sin city and like kind of losing his shit and at the same time final tabling the world series main event and uh, it's it's really good. It's like it's really bad. It's and it's set at the same time. I think uh, which one of the binions got murdered 
it's like the same summer one of the Binions got murdered. So it's set, it opens with him talking about the news stories and what they're gathering about the Binion murder. And then he goes to the Binions World Series main event and he's surrounded by all the characters. He's just really badass. And if you want to know what us Americans grew up around <laughs> with uh, poker, it's pretty interesting. There was a British book that was like, God, what was that one? I can't remember, but it was about, you were talking about all the old British characters. There was this guy, God, I'm never going to remember his name. Devilfish? Devilfish? No, not Devilfish. There's, there's this book written by this like old curmudgeonly Jew who loved to play uh, poker in Britain, and it just has every old school British poker player in that, and just the most unflattering depictions of all of them, right? And just talking about playing in there, and it had like surrender. It had Devilfish. It had Surrender Sunar, I think it was. And all that. I'm never going to remember the name of this book. It wa- It wasn't Life's a Gamble, Roy Brindley, was it? Was it that no, one? I don't. No. I don't think so. God, I re- that's a really good book. As I well. think that's a really good. Book. I don't know. That sounds. That sounds. Intru- that sounds familiar. I read it in high school. So sorry, my mm. memory is just shot. No, that, that wasn't out then. That one. That one came out about three, four years ago. I think. Oh, uh, it was good. Um, and uh, yeah. I'm just going to... That rings a bell now as well. Yeah, right? you know what I'm talking about, right? Everybody yeah. everybody knows this book. I brought up this book like four times. Nobody remembers the title. So the title must suck, right? <laughs> so it's like, it just must be terrible. Also, uh, the the guy who wrote Fast Food Nation, which is an amazing book, uh, you should check out his new book. It's called Command and Control. It's about the nuclear arms race between the United States and Russia. And you will be convinced by the end of the book that the only reason we are here is because of enormous luck or just the complete grace of God. Like the amount of crap you'll read about nuclear weapons and like Mm. what was going on there. And yeah, I think that's about it. I'm trying to scroll on my uh, anything by Mark Cuban's How to Win. Pretty badass. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to scroll on my uh, Kindle, but it's not not really going that well. I'll check my yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Cuban one's good. I think that's just Kindle, isn't it? I've got that thing. Yeah, Kindle. I think it's just Jesse Ventura actually put out this book called "63 Documents the Government Doesn't Want You to Read," and like I'm not even I don't even like Jesse Ventura, but my friend was like, "Dude, you have to read this," and it's like. It is insane, like the shit the United States government has like publicly <laughs> stated, like, yeah, we did that. They were like, there's like documents like between them. They're like, yeah, you know, don't don't call Rwanda a genocide because then we'll have to do something, you know. And like it, this is like the same uh, this is like months before. And it says like, you know, Bill Clinton saw this document. And then, like, Bill Clinton goes to Rwanda, like, shit, if we knew what was going on, like, you know, we would have done, done something. And then, you know, they're talking about the craziest ones are, like, the Cong- Congress talking about Agent Orange. And then, like, conspiracy theorists just have a field day with this. It was, there's a, it's like 10 years before the AIDS epidemic, and there's this guy telling Congress, and this is documented, and it's a fact, we can co- we can concoct something that will completely deactivate the human immune system and will kill people like and they go how long will this take to make about 10 years and it's just you know obviously who the hell knows right but it was just like if you're if you're like me and you're a bit of like a kook wearing the tinfoil hat it was definitely it was definitely pretty fun 
Yeah, it's like the Jesse Ventura. He turns up on a lot of these conspiracy shows and stuff like that. <laughs> he, he's good value. <laughs> he knows. This just occurred to me. He knows everything the government is doing, even though the government doesn't know it. But he can't figure out how to comb his hair. All <laughs> like there's like one patch of hair he still has left. Can never fucking figure it out. Can't figure it out. Wife can't do it. He can't do it. Never. Right. But. The real, one thing I like about Jesse Venture is like he used to golf and shit with Bill Clinton. And like in this book, he's like, I've, you know, I can't do his voice. I've golfed with Bill Clinton, but he's a bald faced liar. It's like, oh, all right. That takes some, that takes some balls. I'll give you, yeah, he's a kooky conspiracy theorist, but like, yeah, the, the whole, the whole, I love like the United States came up with nine 11. It's like, if you've ever gone to a DMV in the United States and you think these fuckers could come up with the greatest conspiracy of all time, you are a fucking <laughs> idiot. These people could not, I would not trust these people to manage a fucking stroller, like much less like nine 11. Like, but anyway, yeah, sorry. Can, uh, that, this was a good podcast. This was fun. Yeah, that's it. Okay, Alex, uh, I think we'll close with your plugs. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to try to keep it shorter this time. Uh, but, if yeah, if you want to go to the new website, PokerEdRush.com, we just relaunched. I'm still tinkering and trying to figure out what I'm doing because essentially everybody who was like, I could make a website for you was like, it'll cost $20,000. And instead, me and a Costa Rican friend like put it together. I obviously paid him something, but not quite that much. And... Uh, it looks pretty good for what, you know, we were, we, you know, we had a smaller budget and we put it together and it looks pretty good now. And you can see, you know, you can see the blogs, you can see, uh, you can, if you want to read my rants, my blogs are pretty long and like just my random notes. There's tons of articles, Spanish language and English language interviews, YouTube videos, stuff like that on PokerEdwards.com. Go to twitch.tv slash the assassinato favorite it if you want to find out uh when we're broadcasting you can watch me play mtt's live and teach you live for free and if you would just do us a favor and go underneath the feed and look at the stuff we got going on there it has all the webinars we're selling ape styles and i did a webinar uh, i talked about him earlier he's probably like my favorite online player and i had the honor of being able to do a webinar with him and uh you know you can check that out and there's also way cheaper webinars like you know, you want to talk about like three bad bluffing and st something we were talking about earlier, you know, when I was talking about what you could uh, improve upon in MTTs. We have a $60 webinar, You Flat Too Much. Look down there and there's like video packs if you want to watch every hand I played at the W Coop, the Scoop. And then, yeah, there's just stuff like that. All the products that I use in my videos that like help me get an edge, uh, including the HUDs, Cardrunners EV, Hold'em Resources, all that good stuff. If you take a look at that and if any of that pikes your interest, piques your interest, like, uh, you know, when you support that, you support this show and you keep it free for everyone. So you're kind of doing uh, community service or whatever, you know, it's like PBS, like it's made, it's made possible by contributors like you. And yeah, check me out on twitter.com uh, slash the assassinato, facebook.com slash assassinato, pokerheadrush.com. Oh, on uh, twitch.tv. Uh, we have all the links to all my articles on Bluff and Pocket Fives. Uh, you can go to Poker News uh, to see the other ones. And, uh, yeah, I think, that, I, I think that's about what we got going on right now. Yeah, sounds good. Plenty of ways for people to get in touch with you. And, again, as I mentioned, if you want your questions into Alex for the next show, 
email questions at oneouter.com, uh, tweet at oneouter.com, at O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, that's about it. Or join the Facebook group. Forgot that. Facebook.com slash group slash Oh, I forgot. I forgot something, too. Uh, sorry to talk over you. Write me, write, any, uh, write me at assassinatocoaching at gmail.com if you have any inquiries. If you want to find out about private lessons, write us there. And if you go to pogredrush.com, you can join my newsletter and get articles before everybody else, get deals on certain products and stuff like that that I'm not allowed to, like, advertise openly. So, yeah, you know, sign up for that. That's the dark net. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the stuff we could tell you now, but we'd have to track you down. You know? <laughs> kill you, yeah, right. yeah. No, 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 not kill them, Alex. Uh, just track just them track down. Just track them down, you know. Yeah, just track them down, see what they're up to. Okay, that's great, and we hope to see you again on the next show. Uh, we'll keep this coming as long as you guys keep the questions coming in. And as Alex says, buy something. Yeah. <laughs>